Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, here with our third episode of the offseason, breaking down the Packers position groups. Today, we'll be breaking down the Packers skill positions, wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. In our previous two episodes, we've broken down the entire defense, so if you want to go look at that, check it out. We'll be talking about how each player did within their position group, what we think about the group going forward, what we think about the coaching of the group, what we think about the needs, whether or not we need to add something there in free agency, add something there in the draft come on and come listen to those uh we'll be breaking down quarterbacks and o-line next week so keep your eye out for that and we'll be doing podcasts once a week over the entire off season talking about free agency the draft and any other rumors we got going on lord knows we got enough rumors to keep the packers news cycle happy as long as they need to be and i am your host tommy and i am joined as always by my co-host my dad matt dad how are you doing all right been uh, you know following the rumors on Twitter, and you could you could power a power a building with the the, the rumor churn that's going on right now. And then I've also been following a little bit of the news from the Senior Bowl of uh, who looks interesting to follow for the Packers. Oh yeah, the Senior Bowl is always one of my favorite times of the year for the draft. But let's chat a little bit about that rumor mill, Dad. Uh, it seems like <laughs> everyone is recruiting Aaron Rodgers right now. Devontae Adams uh, did the he. I don't know if you saw, but at the Pro Bowl games this weekend, he did the discount double check into the. Into the I uh, saw that when he camera. scored his touchdown, and uh, and then you know saying that he was I'm I'm house hunting or whatever, and uh, yep. then later admitted that he was just trolling, but that he's been talking to him and and well, telling he, him and trying to convince him to recruit him to come to Vegas. And he said he was house he being Aaron Rodgers, of course, and he said he was house hunting because Aaron Rodgers said he'd uh, go to Vegas if uh, Devontae bought him a house. I don't know if you saw that, and of course yep. Sauce Gardner from the Jets also tweeted at Aaron Rodgers that it's very nice in New uh, New York this time of year if he wants to come on through. But yeah, so a lot of teams making their pitches to Aaron Rodgers as it seems ever more likely that the idea of a trade is at least on the table. But of course, these are all just rumors. It's all just the rumor mill. There's not a lot going on in the NFL this week, right before the Super Bowl. So people got to fill their storylines with something. Oh yeah. I think, I think a lot of this will probably maybe most likely end up coming to nothing, but we might as well just mention it and then go on to the meat of our episode. Yeah. There's like a new article written every time the Vegas line moves a couple of points. Yeah, the favorite. Where he's going to go. Yeah, who's the, who the favorite is. Like, oh my the, goodness. You need a whole other article for this? The favorite is officially the Raiders now. In case they, they passed the Jets, I think, yesterday. They but anyway. Jets. Yes. Plenty of people are talking about this. You can go find that content wherever you would like. But today, we will be breaking down, like I said, the receivers, the running backs, and the tight ends from this year. And looking forward to how that those position groups will look next year. Essentially, just kind of taking a wide glance and something I did want to talk about quickly before we start delving into the individual players is a lot of these players did not put up as good numbers as last year. But to be fair, the offense was not as good this year as it was last year. So I do want to say that preface everything with that. So for instance, Aaron Jones didn't have quite as many didn't have nearly as many touchdowns this year essentially as he did last year as an example no but the offense the whole, didn't have nearly the, as many touchdowns didn't have nearly as many touchdowns <laughs> exactly so that's just something to keep in mind going forward a lot of these offensive stats are a bit impacted by the environment in which they are uh, received in but anyway dad should we kind of get down to it breaking down these position groups we got a lot of people to talk about Sure. Um, no, should we start with, what do you want to start? Receivers first? Yeah, let's go receivers first. I think this is uh, probably the most interesting one to talk about just because I think there are a lot of changes on the horizon here, as well as yeah. a lot of po- positive changes possibly with hopeful yeah. development of some of these young stars. And more more players to talk about too uh, compared to the other two. Exactly. So, so do, start, uh, do you want to uh, kick us off? 
I'll kick us off with uh, Alan Lazard, who was, you know, essentially our wide receiver one last year, and it was mm-hmm. expected to be going in. He's um, by next, he was 27 years old and has already played four years for Green Bay and been out of school for five years since he spent a year on the Jacksonville practice squad before the Packers nabbed him at the end of that end of his first year out of college. He led the team in receptions with 60, targets with 100, and yards with 788, all of which were career highs. And he also had six touchdowns. He was essentially the Packers wide receiver one, like I said, but he was only 50th in in the league in PFF grade. So our best wide receiver graded out as 50th in the league. So not one of the top 32. Um, 35th in receiving grade, a little closer, and 24th by um, DVOA from Football Outsiders. So a little closer being sort of a low-end wide receiver one than the PFF grade um, has him. 21st in pass blocking grade, so still being a pretty decent pass blocker, but a, a slight drop from previous years. And then he was he was terrible in the team by PFF grade for run blocking. Isn't that um, interesting? For, we talked about no this. Matter, no matter we, what the position. We talked about this briefly during the year, I think, because we were talking a bit about like how we felt Lazard had been doing. Isn't that incredible? I, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, wow. I was like, I feel like he's been about the same. I was like, I, I guess the running game as a whole has been a lot worse, and maybe him not yeah. performing as well as a run blocker is part of that. But I myself was very surprised when I saw that he was actually yeah. the, it was the worst run blocker. Grade from his previous years. And I don't remember what the numbers was, maybe in the 30s for his run blocking this year. Um, so, like, worst on the team. Um, so, that sort of is year in review. Well, I should say, there's a little bit more. Um, I should say, you got the second best receiving grade on the team behind Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. And then he got first down on 45%, I'm sorry, 75% of his catches, 45 of his 60 catches went for first down. So he was mm-hmm. helping to really move the chains and, and had by far the most first down catches on the team. Yeah. Um, his contract has expired. He's basically an unrestricted free agent now after basically getting um, saddled with sort of essentially low value contracts because of the structure of the NFL since he was an undrafted free agent. He got one year on the exclusive rights tag for a really uh, minimal, and then last year on the, I think it was a sec, was it a second round tender? Of the restricted I... free agents, like $4 million. I'd have to go back and look. But and now he's projected by uh, spot track to get like $12.5 million this year, and I think maybe even more by PFF. And he's projected to get $12.5 million, but there were reports this week that he's actually expect, he, he is looking for somewhere in the 15 to $17 million range, and there were reports that the Packers are really only willing to offer about half of that. So it does seem like he's probably not going to be back, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, I can just jump to that. He basically sounded like he was saying goodbye in his post-game interview. He said, yeah, you're going in there, and you're thinking this could be my last last game as the game starts, and, and it was. He just says, and it was. Yeah. That's def- that sounds- definitely does not seem like the verbiage of someone who's <laughs> expecting to come back. And it's tough because and, and- I think that Lazard has, I mean, wildly outplayed any expectations when they signed him off the Jaguars practice squad that year at the end of the season going into the next year. And, I mean, he's a very solid player. I think he got pushed a bit into a role that is is above his capabilities. But I think overall right. had a pretty good year, all things considered. I mean, he was never... He's never, I had never thought of him as the type of guy who would be a wide receiver one. And the fact that he was at least like passable in that wide receiver one role is a testament to the amount of work that he's put in. He does a lot of the dirty work. LaFleur has talked about in the past that they have to scrap whole parts of the playbook because of how important he is to some of their run blocking schemes when he doesn't play. Um, 
So I think that this is going to be an underrated loss for the Packers because I don't expect him to be back. But I, I am a... I don't either. There's also speculation that he maybe wasn't happy with being basically getting paid the minimum they could give him um, and not signing it so he didn't have to show up to the spring activities. I was going to say that was, something, that was something we didn't mention is he did hold out for a lot of the summer not coming in. Well, it was sort of a holdout because he... Because of the way the the, the league uh, rules are, since he wasn't under contract, he didn't have to be there, so he didn't get any fine. Yeah. And I do think the offense is going to take a bit of a hit without him there just because I think a lot of like the outside runs... Um, I'm trying to think of the game in particular where oh, that was... One where he there was one where he very was... nicely. I forget who it was against. I mean, there was the one where he had the, the... He blocked three guys in the same play versus Minnesota, <laughs> I think it was. They, they tried to find him for counting to three. But, but they, they, they took the they, fine they, back, they so... They took the fine back. A win for the good guys that on that one. one of the highlights of, that was one of the highlights of the year, actually. Yeah, I but think it was... down all three guys. I'm and, pretty uh, sure it was Minnesota. But yeah, so I, I do think that in some ways their run game will suffer. Although it did seem like Watson's a very capable blocker in the snaps that he got. And in saying that, should we transition to him or did you have anything else you wanted well, to put on I Lazard? I would just say that for um, Lazard, in terms of his efficiency and play, I'd say he's mostly kind of the same player as he'd been the last like couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. But he just had more op- opportunity. And I think the Packers were hoping he was going to turn that opportunity into increased level of production. Um, I mean, I would, I I would argue... It's probably maxed out. I would argue that you can say that the numbers are like paced, like linearly, like he's getting a similar number of yards per target, right? And similar yards per reception as previous years, if I remember the stats correctly. Yeah, I think so. And But you, you can say, and you can say is like that indicates that he's a similar player as he was last year. But it, it, I would point out that instead of getting the number two corner every single matchup like he did last year, he's getting the number one corner pretty much every single week without Devontae Adams taking this away. This is true a bunch of coverage like last year i mean Devonte's got three guys on him on almost every play makes it a lot easier to work in this season you're working with a lot less of leverage to the other side you've got a lot more coverage focused on you especially on crucial third downs and i would say the fact that he put up similar production is in itself like an increased like amount of yeah. productivity this is true that he's he, he was able to maintain his efficiency mm-hmm. with increased attention from the defense yeah and so i would i would say that kind of works its way to being like you've you've improved as a player because a lot of people would not be able to maintain their efficiency with a bigger workload and more attention from the defense but speaking of people who will probably have a bigger workload and more attention from the defense in the coming years let's move on to rookie sensation christian watson um he will be despite going into his only his second year he will be 24 in may he was an older draft pick when he was picked last year He was second on the team in receiving yards with 611 yards, first in touchdowns with seven touchdowns, uh, and I think uh, two rushing touchdowns on top of that, so nine total. two rushing touchdowns on top of that. So nine total, uh, tied for first in the league for rookie touchdown catches and fifth in receptions on Green Bay. Um, He had the number one wide receiver grade per PFF, 24th in the league. Uh, seventh in yards number one per, for Green Bay. That is yes, number one per for Green Bay. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, we're not. I'm not trying to fool anyone here. We all <laughs> we all know he was not quite number one, number one in the league. Uh, he was seventh in yards per route run amongst rookies since 2011, and so this was. I think uh, I saw. Yeah, JJ Zacharyson uh, posted this on Twitter. Um, so that's puts him in very good company, Dad. Uh, he is behind, and like like I said, seventh since 2011. That is behind Odell Beckham. 
A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, who this past year had a very excellent rookie year, and Tyreek Hill. And had one and I would say I mean that's that's the best, I think, piece of data I've seen so far to get me excited about Christian Watson. Because when you're in a conversation with even two of those guys, that's incredible. To be in a conversation where like those are the only guys getting more yards per route run for like against you. And a lot of that is a bit um skewed by his role earlier in the season that he was a lot of times the deep shot guy and so you're getting these big explosive plays where you don't need to run a lot of routes for that to happen but at the same time like for that to happen you do need to catch the like you need to catch those deep balls and he was it would incredibly be nice caught a couple more of them however that's true but <laughs> but i mean he but was but incredibly explosive he had one of the best three game touchdown stretches of all time with eight touchdowns in a three game stretch or four game stretch i think right um eight touchdowns in the end i think he was averaging two a game by the end um he led the team in average depth of target minus Samori Toure, who only had 10 targets. But he had uh, 13.8 yards per target, according to um, FTNFantasy.com, which is kind of indicative of, like I was saying, they were using him a lot as a deep threat. And he was, they were, they started using him a lot more in different ways. They, I think they realized he was kind of their go to guy by about like week 10, week 11. Um, he really actually did a good job with the ball in his hands as well. Uh, seven yards after catch per reception, which was fourth in the league amongst wide receivers with 30 or more catches. He was behind only Debo, Samuel, Rondale Moore, and Jalen Waddell, um, with his average depth of target being higher than all of those guys. So dad, I would say just like a really exciting rookie year besides like, if you ignore the injury issues that plagued him early in the year, I think that's the only like kind of red flag alarm bell that I see really excellent rookie or something that's super excited to be like looking at going forward as a staple piece of this offense and if he's your wide receiver one next year i think you're really excited still got three years left on his rookie deal and i i'm i'm just excited to see what he does next year as long as he can stay healthy yeah one thing that i wanted to add about that among players who had so he's getting a good yards after the catch and depth of target yeah, the only two players who are kind of in the ballpark with him in terms of being he is like around thirteen um, average depth of car- target and seven yards after catch per reception. The only two players who are similar are AJ Brown and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and because a lot of times ballpark, a lot of the times these guys who are getting all these yards after catch, like the reason for this is they're getting a lot of screens. They're getting a lot of things where it's schemed up. They're going to get the ball in space and they're going to have it blocked up for them. And there's going to be a lot of room for them to run, which is, it's, it's, it's difficult in its own right, but to be targeted downfield at this rate and also still be able to make moves with the ball in your hand. I mean, we all remember the catch he had against Philly where he pretty much housed it from like 50 catching the ball, like 50 yards out and housed it the whole way. Cause he's just faster than everyone. Um, and then there was another one that was similar to that. Uh, was it Chicago? No, was Chicago a run? I think Chicago was a run play. Uh, but Chicago yeah. was a run around the end where uh, Sammy is cheering him on yeah. after making the block. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> just so much to be excited about. It's nice to have some speed on offense. Uh, you yep. really felt early in the year when he was when when Watson was out, and you felt the absence of speed on the offense. Like <laughs> there was no threat over the top. It was there was like wow, it was like MVS it's just packed in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the other thing about last year. Like not only did we lose Adams, we also lost MVS. Yeah, And I think that really hurt the offense in the beginning of the year. Yeah, having no speed. I mean, I think they planned to have Sammy Watkins as a bit of a deep threat guy, but he was just very He cooked. had one good play as a yeah. deep threat guy against yeah. Chicago. He was very, very cooked. And, I mean, a lot of times they were 
in, early in the year without Watson. They were just counting on him and the guy we'll talk about next, Dobbs. But, Dad, did you have anything else you want to talk about with Watson? I, I would be perfectly fine if he was your wide receiver one going into next year, and I would expect him to be. I think he's got high upside to be a, you know, uh, a top 10 wide receiver one in the league. Maybe even more if he can, if he can uh, straighten out his hands a little bit more and stay healthy. Yeah, it's. I think to it's me, very it's very exciting. To me, it's all about staying healthy. I I thought his hands kind of cleaned up as the year went on. They did. Um, and and, he, and I, I felt like you know that he wasn't just doing the go ball. He's showing a lot more contested catchability. Yes. And I think people thought he would have coming out of college. I agree. Yeah, I I think that he had was it the touchdown against. Uh, the ones against Dallas. Second one against Dallas. Da- no, Dallas's were or, all. Oh, Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee. That was the one the I was Tennessee thinking Tennessee went in the end zone. Was uh, yeah, was yeah. Nice. We just basically threw it up for him to go get. Yeah, and he, I mean he's got a lot of size. He's very explosive. It's something you'd think he'd be able to do, but it's nice to like see him do it in practice. Um, speaking of rookie receivers, though, like we were saying, this next guy we had, Dad, do you want to take us away with a uh, Romeo? Romeo, sure. Let's go with Romeo. Wherefore art thou? Wherefore art thou? So he's going to be twenty three in the um, years old by next year. And they just finished his rookie year. He was fourth on the team in receptions and, and receiving yards with 42 catches and 425 yards. Had three touchdowns, which I think probably may have still put him in like the top 10 for rookie receivers and touchdown catches. I'm not sure. Um, overall in the league, he was 29th by DVOA, but only 88th by PFF among receivers. So PFF did not like him as much. It was actually in trying to break down some of his numbers, his average depth of target. It was only nine and a half. So it was more on par with like a slot receiver, um, like about similar as Cobb and even less than Lazard, Watson, Watkins, and sort of depth with, and then players probably got in like um, Amari Rogers and Winfrey. But comparing him across the league, he's not, they weren't throwing him downfield very much. They gave him a lot of short shots. And his yards after catch was also significantly lower, only 4.6. And I feel like he struggled to find consistency. And he also got slowed by injuries when he missed four games in the middle of the year. Yeah, and after I getting hurt against getting, Detroit, I think, was when he, he had that high ankle sprain and he missed four weeks, five weeks. Yeah. And so I felt like he wasn't quite um, able to get really going um, so much after that. And I think and we had been hoping to get uh, like Dobbs and Watson together finally going. And it, it, almost, it never really got moving very much, very well. Um. It seemed like he kind of got phased out of the offense at like after he came back from injury. It seemed like they really weren't giving him many snaps. He had a pretty rough drop against Detroit in week 18. Um, but I would have liked to seen him get more opportunities post-injury. It seemed like he kind of just got phased out of the offense, and I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, maybe just Rodgers didn't trust him to run the right route or catch the ball, but I think early in the year he showed yeah. enough dynamism where it's like you got to find a way to get him on the field because he's playing too well to not play him. Yeah. Um, so I felt like he didn't. He definitely outperformed his draft position at four. In the oh yes. Round. Oh, a hundred percent. But didn't quite live up to the preseason hype we were getting of having like the best releases, like and uh, Devont being Devonte esque in uh, training camp. Well. So you don't think he lived up to his his uh, preseason hype? Well, the hype was that was gold jacket hype. I I see what you're saying, but I, I will the, say the hype was the hype was. I, I mean, if you took that hype seriously, but here's the thing: 
So he was actually also tied for seventh amongst rookies in um, receiving touchdowns with the one with the three that he had. Tied for seventh. Okay, I thought it was, um, I thought it was top ten. Yeah, according to StatMuse. But I mean, I'm just looking at his game log really quick. Figured I'd pull it up. I know he started really hot. That game against Tampa, eight catches, seventy three yards, and a touchdown. Um, the game against New England, five catches on eight targets for um, forty seven yards and a really nice touchdown in the the end zone on the back shoulder throw. Um, or no, that was the Buffalo one. Was the four catches, sixty two yards and a touchdown. But really nice game against Buffalo. Pretty um, really nice game against Tampa. Really nice game against New England. Um, and then actually, I was just looking at this when he came back from injury. Uh, his first game back was against the Rams. Five catches on five targets for fifty five yards. And then against Miami, three catches, six targets, 36 yards. Minnesota, three targets, or three catches, four targets, 20 yards. And then Detroit, he pretty much got no snaps at all in that game. Kind of got almost entirely phased out by that game. But that first game back against LA, he had a really, really nice game. game. I mean, I would say, obviously, I mean, it really depends on how hyped you let yourself get based on how, like, I mean, I, I, I would say, like, <laughs> me personally no um i i would just say he exceeded my expectations i'm always reticent to really be like wow this rookie receiver is gonna have <laughs> a crazy crazy year but when you think about the fact that i mean he was either third or fourth on the depth chart the whole time and he still put up for over 400 yards and three touchdowns in uh let's see how many games did he played one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thir- 13 games 13 i think yeah, yeah i think he missed four yeah, I mean, 13, 13 games, 400 yards. He's getting, like, 33 yards a game. And if you take out that last game against Detroit when he didn't even play, he's getting out close to, like, 40 yards a game. I would say that's very solid for a rookie receiver. Oh, I think it's very solid. I think he's got a lot to to uh, to work with. And maybe he was, you know, not entirely healthy in the second half of the year either. He had, you know, a couple of games where he didn't do much at all. And high ankle sprains are really hard to recover from yeah. this season. Like that's a that's a tough injury to recover from for a player that has to move laterally like that. Like we saw, I think it was Saquon Barkley like two years ago or last year, like stepped on his own lineman's foot and had a high ankle sprain and was just never the same for the rest of the year. And it took him until this year to get better. And so I I'm I'm I know Dobbs kind of slowed down as the season goes on, which happens to a lot of rookies. They just hit a rookie wall naturally yeah, even I think without injury. He kind of hit the wall with like three or four of his last few games, um, not or a couple of his last few games not doing so well. So I, I have high hopes for him. I think he I'm, can be a a. Uh, I think his upside is to be a a, a, a really good number two. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited about him going forward. I, I wouldn't. I would feel really good if he's the number three next year. I would yes. feel. I would feel solid enough if he was the number two next year. My only question with him, though, is I'm just seeing something really quick about how much he played. They played him enough in the slot. They played him in the slot in about 20% of his snaps. I feel okay with him getting a, a decent role in the slot next year. Uh, I think they like kind of bigger slot guys. We talked about this earlier today when we were just chatting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him some work in the slot if they draft another guy coming into this year. I know they like to move their receivers around, but that was just something that I was thinking about. I was like, if they draft another receiver who's playing the slot, he played enough in the slot where it feels okay. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to see him, you know, add some strength to uh, play off of uh, press coverage and uh, a little bit more um, holding up to battle with the bigger defensive backs and also probably hopefully stay healthier as well. Yeah, 
And I mean, the the way he got injured was a pretty freak injury, though. Like, no amount of training is going to keep no. that from happening. Although, did you see that the NFL is considering banning the, hip, the drop hip drop tackles? Which is I did. How many things it's are we going to get rid of? I mean, I know, I, and, and the reason that's a thing is, um, I think a lot of times if you're trying to stop them, not drive them forward if you're tackling from behind, yeah. you want to bring them down without actually increasing their yards as you tackle them. Yeah, and I don't know how you enforce that at all. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the the no fun league set of rules. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited about Dobbs next year. I would be totally fine with him as the second guy. I think he showed a lot at all three levels and some pretty good yak. Like I thought at times when they were able to get the ball in his hands in space, um, a lot of times he wasn't necessarily in the right spot for these screens. He had to like catch him away from his body because I think he wasn't quite where the where Rodgers was expecting him to be. Uh, but once he got the ball in his hands, I thought he had a good amount of wiggle that I think I didn't even necessarily see when I watched like his play at UNR, um, University of Nevada. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited about him. But, Dad, let's move on to our next receiver here. Randall, Randall Cobb. Next year. So, Randall Cobb, I we will always love him. He's getting a little long in the tooth, Dad. Next year, he's going to be 33 with 12 years in the league. He was sixth in catches on the team and fifth in yards on the team. Yards per catch are pretty similar to his career numbers. Only one touchdown. Uh, his PFF grade at 70.1 is very similar to his previous three years and was second on the team, 44th in the league. Uh, had a really solid set of weeks, uh, set of games, weeks two to five, and then kind of tailed off in the second half after return from injury again this year. Um, got hurt again, hurt last year as well. Um, I actually thought that Randall Cobb, when he played, and when he was healthy, was great. But at this age, I just I don't think we'll ever see a full season from him. And going into next year, he's going to be a free agent with 1.4 million dead cap um, on the Packers books. If if Rodgers is back, I would expect them to bring him back. If he's not, I would expect them to let him walk. He's been really good when he plays, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy really the past two years. And I don't see that changing as time goes on. I don't know what you think yeah. about that. Well, in the last three years, he's missed six, five, and four games. It's trending um, down. He's missing and, three games next year, clearly. Right. <laughs> His best in terms of games was a year in Dallas when he played 15 games. But the last year in, in Green Bay was only nine. So his Green Bay and Houston years, he goes nine games played, 10 games played, 12 games played, 13 games played. He's trending healthier. Clearly, no, clearly, last year I think he came. He really rushed back. I think at the end of 2021 to come back from that core muscle injury for the for the playoffs. And yeah, and I mean, he had some really nice games this year. I'm just looking at the game against the Giants. He had seven catches on 13 targets for 99 yards. He was pretty much the only one doing anything on offense in that game. Um, he had a couple nice, um, really nice plays against Tampa uh, in Week Three. Where he only had two catches, but he had 57 yards. And, I mean, the whole offense wasn't doing much of that game, so it felt like he was pretty much the only one moving anything. Had six catches on six targets for 73 yards against Tennessee. Like, he's still capable of having some really nice games here and there. It's just I don't think he can really stay on the field much. And I, I just feel like you're losing developmental snaps for whoever else might be getting those snaps at this point. And unless this team is like... I mean, maybe you bring Randall Cobb back and you have him in a limited role again, but they had him in a limited role this year and he still couldn't really stay healthy. So I don't really see, unless Rodgers is back next year, I don't necessarily see the point in bringing Cobb back. I don't know. That's just me. 
Yeah, and, and he was able to like you know convert some first downs and uh, third down conversions. Yeah, I mean he looked Probably like change sometimes. He with, looked with, like Randall Cobb in a lot of ways, just like an older Randall Cobb, and and was a savvy, a lot of vet savvy, running the right routes, being where people were expected to expecting him to be catching catching anything thrown at him had a couple had a really nice catch against uh detroit i think it was um where i was like yeah randall cobb still got it um where he's just a little nice little toe drag swag along the sideline but you know i will always have great memories of randall cobb but i think i think he's he's getting again he's getting close to the the sundown um anything else you wanted to add with him or do you want to move on to packers Packers legend Sammy Watkins. We start to move to players now. Where anyway, I don't think we need to the last few players on this list did not get much in the way of snaps on offense. So Sammy Watkins was their kind of their their biggest free agent signing as a receiver. They're only really and next year he's going to be thirty with nine years experience in the league. And he's already gone. I mean, they already cut him in the middle of the year, and he's already signed by Baltimore. He only had thirteen catches for two hundred and six yards for the year. His best game was against Chicago, where he looked pretty good. But he took that that crosser and uh, had a big gain on it. That was nice. But missed a month after that because I think it was a hamstring pull. I forget what the muscle injury was. And 140 of his 206 yards came in just two games. Yeah. So the whole rest of the year, he contributed only 66 across the rest of the year. He was a, still a good run blocker and the best among the wide receivers for run blocking on the, on the team. Um, you know, much, much better than, than Lazard was last year. And, you know, so I don't think spend too much time on him. He's not. Um, he's not coming back. I was gonna say he didn't even make it to the end of the season, and and it's just called this one of those. You know, they they took a flyer, generally unsuccessful signing, a little bit more than the, say the Devin Funches signing, but he never could get it going, and he also seemed to make a lot of mistakes on the field. Yeah, um, but, but like turning the wrong way on a route and uh, the ball going in the opposite direction. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier. I was like, it'd be one thing, you know, if he just didn't have the juice, but. I, I swear he made just as many like wrong route mistakes as Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs did, where he's just running like an in and Rodgers is throwing like a, a fade to the corner. And it's like, it's like, what, how did this happen? Like, you're not in the right spot, buddy. Yep. Um, but no, I, I think my only real problem with Sammy Watkins is that the Packers thought that adding him was like the only move they needed to make for some reason, which right. was Why very was puzzling to me. Um, and he was like, this is the this is their best idea for a bridge to getting the rookies up to speed. Yeah, and we saw by the end of the year, it's like okay, this is the idea of the offense. Like when Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Lazard and all these guys are up to speed. But yeah, that bridge plan was a bad plan. I think we can say it now. Yeah. Having just Sammy Watkins to essentially eat snaps while Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are getting like ready, and I know Watson got hurt, which like you can't control plan for, but. I mean, Sammy Watkins did not really give you much of anything besides that one game against Chicago where he had that one big catch for like 60 yards and then missed like three weeks after that. So I, I don't really, that, that's my main problem with Sammy Watkins. He's, I mean, he's not gonna be on the team this next year. He was on the, I mean, the Ravens signed him after we cut him already. Uh, so he's, he's one more team down the pipeline at this point. But I, I, my main, my only problem with him is that there wasn't another guy added with him because he. I don't know why they thought that he was going to be able to stay healthy for them. It's a bit like the the Tobias thing from Arrest Developments. Like, you know, all these people convince themselves it's going to work for them and it never does, but it might work for us. Was kind of the Packers the Packers yeah. mo with adding Sammy and I. I don't know. I don't know how you felt about and it. It may but that's be simply that felt. there was not a player out there this year to add as a free agent. 
that that's would have true. really made a difference at the price. The next the thing you would have said was a possibility would be uh, Julio. That's kind of a similar, um, similarly available player and con- maybe contract you could pay. And yeah. also missed a bunch of games and didn't really make that much of an impact. Yeah, I'm having trouble remembering off the top of my head, like which other receivers were available in free agency. But I remember at the time thinking like, this is it. This is all we're going to add. Sammy Watkins. We're going to pray. Um, and it kind of worked oh. out that way. Not to say I told you so, but it is what I mean, it some is. Some of the receivers that signed early were way out of the price range. Yes, that's true. And then um, some of the later ones, uh, like Will Fuller never signed anywhere. Yep. That's Julio true. signed with the, the Bucks, and he was also liked to hurt and did a few good things yeah. here and there. Um, he had a better, had Sammy a better season and, than Sammy did, but Sammy was cheaper. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. I think we can move on and uh, yeah, to the and next couple of players who've only you know did minimal amounts on the offense this year. Yeah, and we can speed through these really quick. I mean, the next one is Samari Toure. Next year he's going to be 25 with year experience. He was another older rookie. He was a seventh-round pick this past year. Only nine targets and five receptions, so not a whole lot of a sample size to go on. Had a really high average depth of target with 17.4 yards. Um only two yards after catch per reception. Like we said, small sample size, though. Slightly below average PFF grade. He's got three years left on his rookie deal. I thought he showed a little something. I mean, he. I thought he showed that he's better than a normal seventh-round pick. He will. I, like, I think he uh, will stay in the league, is, yes, what, is what I'll say I like that him. touchdown he made on uh, basically a scramble drill, right? His one touchdown of the year. Shoot. I'm having trouble remembering which game it was in. Um, I do. I loosely remember... It was against. Um, give, me the whole, give me the whole game log. Who was it against again? It was against Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes. Yeah. It one one catch for thirty seven yards and a touchdown. Yes, I remember because the defender fell down. I think. Right. I think he uh, changed direction in the end zone. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Scrambled. Drill. A different one I was thinking of. But yeah. So I, I mean, I would say my thoughts on him are better than a normal seventh round pick would be has proven enough that I think he'll hang around in the league for a little while at least. And everything else is kind of up in the air still. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like thoughts going forward deserves to stay around and see if he can develop into something more. Yeah, exactly. But probably not going to be Donald driver. No, probably not. But anyway, should we, that's kind of all we have on Toure. I think he, maybe he should have gotten more snaps than some of the other guys this year. He probably should have been ahead of Sammy Watkins after like week six or seven. He wasn't, but it is what it is. I don't think that really changes the Packers' fortunes all that much. I don't know. Samari Torre, I'm excited to see if he grows any next year. I think he's a solid wide receiver five next year, maybe wide receiver six. Um, do you want to take it away with uh, the next guy on this list who <laughs> we thought might have been a solid wide receiver five this year and, and was not? Another uh, player who didn't make it to the end of the year and Amari Rogers already cut now in the Texans. And he never really got all that involved in the offense. Only had four receptions. Um, I thought he showed a little bit of yak ability when he got the, when they got the ball in his hands, five and a half yards after the catch per reception, but never really got a chance on offense and was a complete disaster on returning the ball, which I think colors everybody's opinion of him. And so after however five fumbles, however many it was, he was cut and is counting uh, 460K against um, the 2023 cap. And just another huge miss in the third round for Green Bay. Yeah, and I mean, the the trend continues. The beatings will continue until morale improves with this, <laughs> these Packers' third-round picks. Like, 
Yeah. And I, yeah, I like you said, to say, I, I felt like they should have benched him early in the season on returns and gave, made more of an effort to see if he could give them anything in the offense, which he seemed to be better on offense than he was on special teams. Maybe not, that's a, not, a, not a high bar. Praise. Not a high bar, Dad. I'm not. I'm just going to tell you right now. The bar is on the floor for that because I mean he had more fumbles <laughs> and, than he did catches. Hopefully, you don't trip on trip on the bar leg on the floor. Exactly, and and I mean I I agree that I think when they cut him, I was surprised. I would have liked to have seen him get more of a chance on offense. I think that I think that uh, the Amari Rogers at punt returner experience is indicative of, I think, Matt LaFleur's biggest problem as a coach, which is he sticks with one thing for a little too long. He's not, he, he's reticent to move on from guys. Um, and I think he's, he's just, it's just being a little too nice at times. Maybe I don't, I don't know if he's too loyal, but there's uh, ample evidence now that there are oftentimes guys who are not qualified to be in the positions that they're in or not doing a good enough job to be in the positions that they're in that are let to ride out way beyond what is reasonable. Either like he's giving them eight tenth chances or coaches. Yes. I mean, I don't, Amari I don't want to name and Mo Drayton and maybe Joe Barry and, yeah, so, and we can kind just talk of, about, we, I'm just, t- I'm leaving it with, with people that they eventually realized it was time to move on from even if it was too late. I will add Mike Pettin to that list then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just because I think that's his biggest flaw, and I, I think to move back to Amari for a second, they should have known after the first year he shouldn't be back there on punt returns anymore. It was completely shattering all confidence he had in any parts of his game, and I think it set him up for failure everywhere else on the offense. But we don't need to talk about him too much more. Let's kind of wrap up these receivers things with a couple guys that p- played a few snaps, and that's Juwan Winfrey, who had one catch, less involved in 2022 than in 2021, which does not bode well for him, especially given that they lost Adams and MVS and he essentially didn't really gain any reps and pretty much, yeah, just, just, I think he was, he didn't even make the initial 53. If I remember correctly, he went to the practice squad and then came back up intermittently. Am I right with that? You could be right. Uh, essentially he was, uh, a, a non-factor and yeah. And probably won't be this back being next maybe his best chance to, increase his workload and he didn't it didn't and in fact it regressed so and i don't really expect i think they've tried the juan winfrey experience to see if he can turn into anything and he has not been able to grab more snaps yeah and i wouldn't i mean he, he was fine he had that one nice game against arizona i think it was where he had a couple decent catches ah uh, yes flashed they were missing in- so many people he's flashed in preseason a bunch of times i i think that maybe there's a role out there for him but I just I, – I wouldn't lose sleep over losing him. And then the last guy, if you want to just take it away, and then we'll talk very quickly about position groups because we still got running backs and tight ends to get to. Yep. So they pulled a kind of a Goodigan-style move, which is to steal somebody from another team's practice squad. In this case, Bo Melton, who was a seventh-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks um, in last year's draft. And they had him on their practice squad. He's a speedster. He's 4-3 speed. I think there was some tweets about – he and uh, Christian Watson knew each other. Maybe we're um, training together. And I think he just barely beat out Watson's official 40 time. But he's not as nearly as big. He's much smaller. But I think, you know, it's I, I it's like Green Bay's doing their thing. They're going to see if they can maybe get lucky twice and have another sort of Alan Lazard-like practice squad steal at the end of a season. Um, yeah. And, and just and, you to know, see what he can turn into. Maybe he, maybe he can be a returner. Maybe he can be, uh, you know, a... a uh, a gadget player. Maybe uh, he can be a gunner on, on sweeps things. Be yeah, a gunner. 
I mean, so, always bet on elite I, I, I athletes. Like, I like the signing. Yeah. yeah. I like this. I like, I like the experiment. You try it out, see what happens. You never know. And that's kind of all we have for him is he's an elite athlete. He's really fast. He'll at least be decent on special teams. Probably we'll see what else he is, but that'll be going into next year. Dad, do you have any last thoughts on the wide receiver position and coaching before we move on to running backs really quick? So there's some nice pieces now to see the future success of this group. I think with, um, especially for upside with Watson having potential like top five in the league, if you really want to happen on some green and gold colored glasses, uh, wide receiver one upside and Dobbs being a very quality compliment and, and maybe a, a really good wide receiver too. Um, but I still think they should add at least like one stud in the first or second round. And plus maybe another um, high upside athletic flyer in a later or, or even two later in the draft this year. The free agent options are going to be, I think, somewhat limited. Lazard is actually kind of on the upper end of uh, available wide receivers. Yeah, the best free agent options are probably, you know, Hardman, Jacoby Myers, Juju, DJ Chark, and Lazard. And they're all like in the what, 9 to $14 million range that I don't think Green Bay can afford. Paris Campbell would be a, a projected by spot track low costs, you know, take a risk flyer that might fit with Green Bay. I wouldn't hate that at all. Yeah. He'd be, I think, uh, in terms of free agents out there, he might be the best one. And then does anybody believe any of the rumors out there that New Hopkins might go to the Green Bay? No. I just don't see a point. Yeah. <laughs> I I just don't see no, I, it. I, I don't believe that rumor. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I see is that maybe they'll try to add a veteran to the group, draft maybe one potential stud and some other um, upside players to fill out the room to, um, for next year and that. Um, if Rod, if, if Aaron Rodgers is gone, then I, you know, I don't think we have Cobb back. We don't have Lazard back. Um, so there won't be that many receivers in the room. Um, yeah. And even if Rodgers is back, I don't think we have Lazard back personally. No, I don't think, I think Lazard doesn't want to come back. Yeah. And, and they can't afford to bring him back. So it doesn't even matter, but right. that that's the receivers room getting a little long on time. Let's go on to the running backs. We only really have two of these guys to talk about. Um, we'll start with Aaron Jones. Yeah. yeah, I'll kick it out with Aaron Jones next year. He's going to be 28 years old, the seventh year in the league. Dad, he had a really good year this past year, despite nursing an injury for a lot of it. 1,125 rushing yards on 214 attempts, good for 5.3 yards per carry, which led the league in yards per carry amongst running backs playing 50% of snaps. So really solid there. Averaged 3.2 yards after contact, which was the second most of his career and 10th highest in the league. Had 31 runs of 10 plus yards, which was the most of his career, and had 52 first down, which was 12 more than last year. And that's just on the ground. I mean, he also, as we know, is a very vital part to the Packers receiving game. 395 receiving yards on 59 receptions, two fewer receptions and 125 fewer yards than last year. So did have a bit of a downturn there in the receiving game. 1.25 yards per route run, which is the lowest since his second year in the league. Six drops, five each of the last two years. So that's kind of on par. Used a lot more in the slot this year, the most in his career, which I think I find interesting that despite that usage there, he didn't do quite as much in the passing game as we were expecting. Because if you remember going into the year, it was like, well, Adams is gone. MVS is gone. A lot of times when these targets are vacated, they go to running backs. And it did seem that they tried to, they tried to use him more in the passing game. And it was kind of with mixed results. And we'll talk about this with Dylan as well, as well. but yeah, not, not doing quite as much in the passing game, but to be fair, the entire passing game was not as good. So I think that's also part of it. Um, two rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns, five fumbles. 
The seven touchdowns is the fewest since his rookie year, I believe, which I think is mostly just because the Packers didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns this year. Um, but the five fumbles is the most of his career. Um, and it is the second most fumbles in the league amongst running backs, which is a bit of a, I think it's a bit noisy. Fumbles are usually kind of random. Um, but it is something that's, um, just worth noting that he didn't quite have as sure hands as he previously did in the league. Um, as per his contract, this is where it gets a little complicated because I think we can all agree this past year, for me at least, Aaron Jones was probably their best player on offense and probably a top three player on the team um, just overall. I don't think their offense really works much at all for like the first half of the year if he's not playing. I don't think they have much of a hope in hell of winning half of those games without him. Um, and he was their best. He, he kind of got a little dinged up and he was nursing that ankle injury and nursing a knee injury for pretty much the whole second half of the year. And he still had, a, I would say one of his, maybe not his best year, but still a great year for running back led the league in yards per carry. Like I said, didn't do as much in the passing game, but like I said, the contract's the tough part. Yeah. He's going to count also, 20 million his career, career high in rushing yards as well this year. Uh, I think 1125 was not quite his career high. If I remember correctly, he had had more in previous years. Let me double check that though. But like we, like I was saying, I'll look that up while you while you go. Yes. Okay. Um. Oh, was his career high in rushing yards? Correct. Eleven twenty-one by, by just seventeen yards. By seventeen yards. Yeah. Yes. So yes, career high in rushing yards, and they needed every single yard because he was their whole offense for large swaths of the year. But next year, he's going to count $20 million against the cap, which just isn't tenable. He has two void gears in 2025 and 2026 already. And in terms of what they can do about that, so they can save $10.8 million this year if they restructure. This is all according to over the cap, and all the stats were record, uh, according to PFF. They can save ten and a half if he's cut before June 1st, or they can save $16 million if he's cut after June 1st. And same goes for those last two if he's traded. Dad, what are your thoughts on all of that? I think some of it will depend on other aspects of the cap situation. Um, I think if they trade Rodgers, they can afford to keep him by restructuring because having Rodgers essentially count on the cap as one big cap hit in 2023 rather than a big cap, cap hit in 2023 and 2024 allows them to restructure a lot of pay- players and keep them for both years because the overall cap hit is going to go down without Rodgers in 2024. And so I think they, so I think if that's the case, then they should keep him because this has been their best skill position player this year. And the offense, I think would be kind of a mess without him. If Rodgers is back, then it gets a little bit funkier and maybe they have to um, redo the contract in a more complicated way. Yeah, and I do think. But that if either Rogers... way, I don't think he's going to be. Um, he's not going to have a twenty million dollar cap hit this year. Well, he can't. That that's the right. So that's, I don't think the that, team can that take much that. Much is not going to happen. Yeah, because I mean, either Rogers on the team or not, he's going to have a pretty large cap hit in twenty twenty three, and having that and a twenty million cap hit for a running back is pretty rough. Um, if you had to bet, would you say he's on the team next year? But I I would bet yes. You would bet yes. I would bet yes. I want to bet yes. I just don't know if I believe it. Um, because he was he was so good this year, and 
I'm a little scared by the fact that he was hurt for most of like probably like the last seven, eight games of the year. But I mean, they're not, they were not a good offense with him. They're like a bottom four, probably offense without him. Like, yeah, that's why I think they have to keep him. And I think part of it is what we'll talk about next. Do you have anything more you want to add on Jones? But part of it is I was mostly a bit unimpressed with Dylan this year, and he would be the main succession plan. Right. And I think they need to to keep Jones because he looked like a better player this year, as opposed to the previous year. In 2021, Dylan was actually looking like the better player in terms yeah. of um, being able to make something without you know the holes being blocked very well for him. Yeah, I would say, in, yeah, in 2021, Dylan looked like the better player. And I think if we had seen 2021 Dylan in 2022, I would feel a lot better about Jones not being on the team in 2023. But do you want to take it away with Dylan? Because he had a bit of a down year. He was a bit disappointing this year, I would say. I think people were hoping for more from him, yeah. So he's this coming year will be 25. It'll be his fourth year in the league. He had only 769 rushing yards on 185 attempts. So both his total yards rushing and his yards per carry were down from last year and his yards per carry way down from his, uh, rookie year. Um, his, um, let's see, two point, he had 2.9 yards after contact per carry 20, 20th best in the league among running backs, at least 50% of snaps. However, is that still a big, a big drop from where he was before at 3.14 and 3.44. He did have 15 carries of 10 plus yards, so uh, explosive carries, which is the most of his career. And PFF still had him about the same rushing grade as last year, right? So he's still his rushing grade from PFF was still, I think, be considered elite. Um, is his actual running grade? Um, and he had did have 47 first downs, and he did seem to be getting like the the goal line work. I think one of the reasons that um, Jones's touchdowns went down is they didn't use him much. Um, in close and used Dylan who had seven touchdowns, which was the most he's had. Um, one thing that did happen with Dylan, though, is his receptions went down. He had, you know, um, only yeah. 208 yards um, receiving this year, 206 yards receiving this year after having 313 last year. Yeah, and this and, was something that we talked about is because going into the year, Rodgers was like, yeah, I could see both Jones and Dylan having 50 receptions, and we were really excited to see, like, what Dylan could provide in the passing game because he was he was pretty good in the passing game in 2021, but this year it's like he struggled early and then they went away from it and then they tried to come back to it and it still didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, you you have the numbers in front of you and you'll read them off in a second, but yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed with him in the passing game because you know rushing game like it wasn't great necessarily great either. I think he was a bit hot and cold. He got a little better and cleaned it up a bit at the end of the year, but early it was really rough. Um, but yeah, I, I think the passing game is what disappointed me the most. Yeah, when you talk about the uh, the passing game, so if you look at 2021, his catch percentage was amazing. He caught 34 of his 37 targets. This year, he had more targets but fewer catches. He only caught 28 out of 43 of them, and he had significantly fewer yards. You know, 33 about 33 percent fewer yards in 2022 versus 2021. You know, I remember after 2021, it was like. Oh, we had two running backs who had over a thousand yards from scrimmage, and mm-hmm. Dylan didn't make it there this year, despite you know the the losses they took in the in the passing game. So he did not get an increase with the, in the in the passing game that we were expecting. And in fact, it was a a decrease in production. 
Yeah, I mean, he got the inc- uh, he didn't get the amount of an increase in usage that we were expecting. He got an increase in usage though, and then just delivered he like just did, just did, not did at less all. With it. Yeah, just did way yeah. less with a bigger role in the passing game. Like, was it, it was yes, yeah, like six more targets and then just substantially like seven less catches. Like, I mean, like to only sixty six percent of like the receiving yards that you had in your previous year, like in your third year in the league when you're supposed to be really coming to your own, is I in my opinion pretty disappointing. And yeah. I know there were certain games where he had some big runs and he had more more ten plus yard runs than he had had in, in the previous year, but. I don't know. I I think we expected a lot more from him in his third year, and he I would say he mostly yeah. didn't quite live up to the billing because I think if he had showed a lot this year, I would feel really fine with him being the number one guy next year. But yeah. right now, I don't. I'm not. I don't feel great about that going into next year. No, his like yards per route run were almost half of what it was um, in 2021, and he had five drops um, yeah. as well in that, in that number, and he only had one in, in 2021. Yeah, five so drops are, on forty uh, on forty three targets is pretty bad. Like that's that's a struggle bus, I would say. Yeah, and those are short passes. Those are not like, yeah. you know, bombs downfield. He's not, he's not going to throw downfield. They're not heavily contested. Like, yeah, yeah. And so we can talk about the future. So I think he's in the last year of his contract coming up in twenty twenty three. So they need to decide what they want to do. Um, so they want to extend him beyond his rookie deal and how much they can afford or, or want to do on that. Since he's uh, a later round pick, there's no fifth year option. Um, so that's something that that will be a little up in the air and will maybe depend on who else they bring in or what they want to, where they want to go. Overall, pretty disappointing year. Um, and it's it, looking forward to uh, future with him coming off the down year, what's that going to mean for the um, contract extension talks, which often happen during a player's final year in Green Bay? Yeah. And will they wait until after this coming year to decide what to do with him? I, that's what I, I was thinking about. I was like, do you try and extend him this offseason and see if you can get him cheaper because he's had a down year? Do you let him go to free agency because he's a running back and running backs really aren't? entirely worth paying that much and you definitely shouldn't be paying two running backs like you're, you should not be paying your second running yeah you should not be paying your second running back exactly and it's like i think that if jones is back and they find a way to like extend him or something of that nature i don't necessarily see them giving dylan a contract which would be a pretty another big miss in the second round if you don't get him to a second contract um yeah and I, I don't really know what the best decision is there. Me personally, I would see like what an extension looks like. <sighs> I, I don't know. It's so tough. I think tough. it's going to be a wait and see. I think they're going to see how Jones and Dylan both look this coming year. Yeah, and you just see at the maybe half who looks, end of the year. See who's looking good near the end of the year. And, and, maybe, whatever. You try to get, and maybe try to get something done in, in December before the, before the season ends. And I think we'll talk about this in a bit, but... I think they need to draft a guy and maybe that guy's good enough where you don't feel like you need to bring both of them back in the following year. I think yes, that's another possibility. Because I, I think there's a good chance that they'll draft a running back uh, and it'll just depend on how well that running back works out. Yeah, and I, I, think think they'll they'll ha- I think they'll have to draft a running back because let's just brush over these last three guys they have here. Patrick Taylor, uh, Tyler Goodson, and Kylan Hill. Um, 
Goodson and Hill combined for just one snap for the Packers this year, and Kylan Hill was cut from the Packers because essentially the way LaFleur put it, he wasn't very much of a team player and didn't appreciate being so far back on the depth chart, and so they let him go. He is currently a free agent, so if they wanted to bring him back, they could. Uh, I doubt it will happen, though, with how things kind of went down at the end there. Tyler Goodson didn't play any snaps this year. He's 22 years old, second year in the league. Still on a minimum contract for next year. I thought he looked pretty good in preseason, but seems that the coaching staff didn't really think he was ready for a real role because they had Patrick Taylor ahead of him on the depth chart. I think he should get a chance to win the third spot in camp, uh, but really nothing. He's not really owed anything else. And then Patrick Taylor, next year he's going to be 25 years old going into his third year in the league. Only played 34 snaps this year after playing 64 last year. 31 rushing yards on 10 attempts, 3.1 yards per carry. Had uh, averaged 3.9 yards per carry the year before. Two yards after contact this year per carry and 3.04 last year. One reception for 17 yards, uh, two for three last year. Uh, Still signed for the minimum next year. I didn't think he had a lot of opportunities, but I actually thought that this year he showed that he could at least be a stopgap guy and could eat some snaps, be a little bit of an innings eater, and the offense wouldn't crumble too hard. I I thought he was fine. I thought he was a fine third running back for the team. And yeah, you could improve that spot. I think they should draft a rookie uh, as we get into talking about what's going forward for this position group. Uh, but I thought his performance this past year was fine, is how I would say it. Any Dad, any thoughts on those three guys? I think you kind of summed it up. I think Goodson seemed more like he, he's smaller, got some speed, but, to, but maybe is more suited to a gadget role that they haven't quite figured out how to use him in yet. And Taylor has both run and catchability and can yep. fill in, I think, when when needed on a short-term basis. And he's an okay. Anyway. He, I think he's easily the best pass blocker of of the three of those guys. Uh, also. That could be as well. Yeah, he's a lot better picking up those uh, blitzers than either Jones or Dylan have been. And I think it – well, no, I, I don't I don't know if he's better than Jones or Dylan, well, but he's better than Goodson or Oh, oh, or oh those three, but he's actually – I don't think he's. I don't think he's a better pass blocker than than Jones and Dylan. Personally, I think he's a a good pass blocker. He's better than Kylan or B. I mean, Goodson is not. Sorry, not B. Tyler Goodson. Goodson is not his fault. He's just tiny. Um, But I think I think that's a big reason as to why Taylor was getting that spot above him, and the fact that Taylor's kind of just there's nothing super special or exceptional about his skill set, but he's like a diet Jamal Williams. A little bit everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do a little bit of everything. Okay, enough to get you through it. Um, in terms of this position group as a whole, though, I thought coaching-wise, Ben Sermon's the running back po- coach. Running back coach, sorry, has generally done a really good job developing players. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon. I would consider him one of the better and more accomplished position coaches on the offensive side of the football, and I have no problems with him going forward on the position. I think the real question marks are Jones or no Jones for next year, and it's sounding like you're leaning Jones. I'm kind of right on the fence there. And I think they need to add a guy in the draft probably in like the fourth or third, fourth or third, or somewhere in that third to fifth round, someone who they would feel comfortable with being the the second or third guy immediately next year and maybe taking over a full-time role in 2024. And I think there are players who are going to be available in those rounds who have that ability. And they're all there are every year. Um, yeah. And we'll discuss all this. We'll be doing lots of shows about the draft as the offseason goes on. We're still going to be doing one show a week, every single week. And I, I know you in particular have looked at a bunch of these running backs and are excited about a few of them that we'll get a chance to talk about going forward. But Dad, yeah. as and we wrap I up... I feel like... Well, just sorry, one thing I like to say about running backs. People say running backs don't matter. Well, I wouldn't say that because everybody knows that running backs get cooked. They get overworked. So you do have to be good enough. 
I know the line does a lot of the work for you, but if you don't have a running back who's got like fresh enough legs and enough juice left, you can't do anything. It's just, I think that the, the talent influx at the running back position is so high every year that there are good players to be found. Yeah. And I I think, yeah, you don't necessarily need to spend a high pick on a running back to get good value. I think, I think people know that enough now. Um, so I, I would not, I would not be mad if they took two guys on day three, honestly, um, going into next year, just cause that, that's where the value in the draft is. But dad, let's wrap up this episode by quickly going over the tight ends and finishing up these skill positions. Do you want to start us off? Sure. So we'll start with, uh, kind of, uh, you call the tight, tight end one of the team, Bob Tunyon. He's going to be 29 years next old next year, sixth year in the league. Um, he was third of the team in. 53 catches and, and third on the team with 470 receiving yards. And he had two touchdowns. He only had two games with more than 40 yards. So in terms of impact games, there weren't really that many um, on yeah. the season. He had the lowest yards per catch of his career um, at like well, 8.9 or something like that. And he was rated 51st by PFF among tight ends. Um, and he only had one above average PFF grade for a, for a, for a game, and that was that was the Jets game. You don't know they gave him a above average grade. Um, after so, but one thing he did get back in this year was a really low drop rate, which you know it, previously he'd been excellent. Last year, in twenty twenty one, he was not as good. He had more drops than usual. So he's back to being elite in that game. But both his pass blocking and his run blocking were bad. He's a um, free agent after this year. Um, and he's going to count five hundred thousand against in dead cap in twenty twenty three. Yeah, and for me at least, I'm fine with letting him walk. Having Tunyon around was nice. Two years ago, I would say he was really good and deserved to go to the Pro Bowl that year. But coming off of injury this year, I I just I honestly can only remember like one play he made all year. <laughs> like I don't really remember him having a huge impact in the offense. Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGuara, who we'll talk about in a second, I think were, while didn't put up the numbers, the volume numbers that um, Tunyon had, I think overall for the offense were more impactful with their blocking than Tunyon was just as a receiver. And at this point, he is just a receiver. He can't really block that well. Um, he's probably going to get paid okay in the offseason, um, possibly by whatever team Rodgers is on. Uh, and I just, I don't necessarily see a need to bring him back in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it. So looking for it, it's like he has not recaptured that 2024 where he had um, double digit touchdowns. And, you know, so in 2021, before he was hurt, it was off to kind of a slow start. And then he tore the ACL. But, you know, maybe there's still room for improvement post ACL reconstruction because he came back pretty quickly. After That's the true. In, in 2021, it was less than a year and he was already on the field ahead of, um, Jenkins and Hill who tore ACLs around the same time. Hill in the exact same game. Yeah. And so, and I think if he came back to Green Bay, it wouldn't actually cost them that much. I think SpotTrack projects him to get like 5.1 million, which Green Bay maybe could do depending on other free agents in the draft where they want to. Is it worth I, it? It kind, of depends yeah. on who else, it? it kind of depends on who else they can get, which we could uh, speculate on later. But uh, if they ever like, draft somebody high enough or get one of these other free agent um tight ends who are available maybe you could touch on that at the end uh when move yeah. on to uh and i think if rogers the is back the, they, the roster 
if Rodgers is back, they'll probably try and bring him back I think on like so. a low number. But I just don't necessarily see the point, just because I think he's a below. I, I hate to say, he's a below average receiving tight end in the league right now, and I think you could just find that on the minimum, like somewhere else. Personally, um, going down the tight end depth chart. Mercedes Lewis next year will be 39 years old in his 18th year in the league, Dad. Isn't that something? He had six catches for 66 yards and two touchdowns this year. He was the 25th rated tight end in the league by PFF on pretty much the back of his run block or back of his blocking grades, 11th in pass blocking and fifth in run blocking amongst tight ends. He's currently going to be on a void year this next year, so he's not uh, currently projected to be on the team. And he's pretty much an extra O lineman at this point in his career, but he's a pretty dang good extra O lineman. I would say I I think he was honestly one of their better offensive players, even though it was in a part time role this year. One thing I'd say about those two touchdowns, he was their best um, red zone play. He he was their only goal line play. Their only goal line play was was having him leak out for the touchdown. Isn't that something? It's the only play they could figure out how. This was the worst offense in goal to go situations the past year, and the only way they could score was by throwing leak out fades to your 38 year old tight end in the flat this is the only way you could score at the goal line boggles the mind they should have done it more yes yes it was the only thing that worked they couldn't do anything else so they what the are we going to do the worst goal to go offense in the league dad so what are we going to do at the goal line if mercedes is not on the team next year that's a very good question that's why they should bring him that's why they should probably bring him back i don't think he'll come back if rogers isn't here though Personally, I think he's going to tag along with wherever Rogers goes or he's going to retire, which like, you know, more power to him. He's been awesome here. He's been a captain. He's been great. I love I love big dog. Um, If whatever he wants to do, good on him. But obviously, I would like to have him back because I think he's a good player still in a limited role. And I think he contributed a lot to when the Packers were running the ball. Well, he was a big part of that. And the next guy who we'll talk about in a second was also a big part of that, which is why I think I'd be totally fine with having both of them back as like the tight ends and then adding a guy in the draft. Yep. So the next guy up. Did uh, you have anything you want to say on Mercedes? Add uh, to Mercedes. He's kind of he's he's who you know. Like he's he's gonna handle business. He's he's, a team captain for a reason. He's a professional. Like he's he's been in the league for a long time. Does his job. You can count on him. Exactly. Um. Josiah DeGuara, I think, is also a guy, if you want to take it away, I, I I trust him to do the run blocking job, at least. I think he was really good in run blocking this year. The thing is, he didn't grade out well by PFF for his uh, run blocking. Yeah, I just, I that's why at times I, don't I think know I what just they're ignore looking at PFF grades. Sometimes, you know, it's like, he's, he's, as a lead blocker, I think that's he's doing the thing. a good job as a lead he blocker. He was not really a tight end this year. He was a fullback, no. if we're being honest. He was pretty much just a fullback. Because right, so they essentially in. lined him up in the I formation a lot, and he was doing great job blocking on the move. I thought I thought a lot of times that they had their most explosive runs was just line up behind Deguara and follow him, and it was working. I think for a lot of the year, and I was at times calling for more Deguara in the offense because I thought I was like, this is when the run run game is working, and the off the passing game isn't working, so you might as well lean on the run game. Yeah, and his 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 receiving grades actually on uh efficiency basis were very similar to Tunyon's. Just didn't yeah. get as much volume. But anyway, but next year he's more like a fullback. And he's under contract one more year. He's a third round pick. Yeah. He's probably their best third round pick in the last half decade. And uh so Yeah, he's gonna be twenty six going into his fourth year in the league. Um you, and you you see the you look at the games afterwards say it doesn't seem like he does that much. But 
maybe it's just that the Packers should be asking him to do more. Yeah, I, I I don't think he has much juice in the passing game. Like, I've seen him with the ball in his hands. He's not very twitchy, and he doesn't break tackles very well. But he's a heck of a blocker, and, you know, uh, there's a role exactly for that. We're not exactly watching Tunyon uh, produce all that yak in his career. Yeah, but Tunyon moves better with the ball in his hands, I would say. I, I, I've seen DeGuara as a receiver. I'm okay with not seeing a whole lot of it. And you can ask, like, what's the point of having such a limited player on your roster as your, like, second tight end? He was a really important part of their run game, and I could you I feel like you could tell watching the games that the offense was better when he was out there. Yep. I think overall that uh, is fair to say. So the question is, I think he's going to be on the team in 2023, but what's going to happen after that? Yeah, and I think he's not going to command a lot of money. I think it ultimately depends on if the Packers yep. think that they can improve in that position, which they can. But I think tight end is one of the hardest positions to find in the NFL, especially when you're a team like Green Bay who doesn't really sign guys in free agency, unless their name is Jimmy Graham and they're super washed up, or Martellus Bennett and they're super washed up. But they did get Mercedes Lewis. But they did get Mercedes Lewis and didn't use him for a whole year, then brought him back yes. and figured out how to like, use him. He played like so few snaps the first, his, his first year in Green Bay, which was under McCarthy. I, I am here to argue while we're talking about it. The Packers tight end position is cursed. Exhibit A, Jermichael Finley, neck injury, never plays again. Um, and they then should have, they should have kept uh, Jared Cook. Jimmy Jared Cook, the one good one they had, let him go. Although he didn't have a great regular season, he just had an excellent playoff performance. But we don't need to talk about that necessarily. Uh, Jimmy Graham, super or Martellus Bennett, awful, the just terrible disaster, disaster, disaster. Jimmy Jimmy Graham. Less of a disaster, but not good. Chase Sternberger, disaster. And then Mercedes Lewis, you don't know how to use him for a year, and then you figure it out, and that's actually gone pretty well. But beyond that, I mean, Atunian, good, good get, I suppose. But for the most part, the tight end position in Green Bay has been not great pretty for a, for a little long while. Yes, and we haven't even talked about their last tight end, who is really just a special teams player. Yeah, I mean, I... I I don't understand quite what he does here. Whenever he got on the field on offense, it was not good news. Um, do you want to take this one? Because you, you can talk about Tyler Davis, Dad. I don't particularly feel like talking. 26 yards. There's not much to talk about. He caught four passes. He caught four passes this year? I know. I was like, I'm going to need to see some video evidence of that because I don't remember those. Are we um, sure? Four passes? I can even let me look up which game it was from. That, that I had can't a, be. There's no way. I'm looking this up. Tyler Davis, Green Bay Packers. He had, it says he had four catches. It said he had two against Tampa Bay for 26 yards, one against the Giants for negative three yards. I remember that one. And then one against Minnesota in <laughs> week one for, for three, three yards. yards. Okay, so there's the Tampa game. He had two for 26. I don't, man, I don't remember that. I don't remember but those But do you catches. remember the preseason, how much he struggled to do anything? Yeah, I was surprised. Well, he it made was it interesting because they went, but if you remember before the preseason, he was like number one guy on the depth chart, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Tyler Davis is taking the taking the start and uh, tight end or not." He was pretty much getting the number one spot snaps when uh, Tunyon was still hurt. And I think the, the Packers were hoping that they would get another Tunyon with Davis. They'd pick a guy and develop it in a couple of years. He'd turn into a you know suit, uh, a, a usable starting tight end. Yeah, and, but he has not and he was as much as Tunyon did. And he was, they were like, oh, talking about, and then as soon as the preseason games happened, he had maybe one of the worst set of preseason games I've ever seen. 
But anyway, yeah. we don't need to spend this much. We're spending an inordinate amount of time on Tyler Davis. This is not but necessary. Let's just move on to the overall position thoughts. Yes. I think I, my- like I said, my thoughts are the tight end position is cursed in Green Bay. They need to add one or two guys there because I think the position's been ignored for too long. They tried to address it with Sternberger, but it didn't work out. I think they need to dip into the well again in the draft, personally. Yep. that's Those are my thoughts. I think, you know, this is maybe they're it's competing with safety for biggest need on the team. Uh, yes, I would say I would agree. And so I would not be surprised to see them pick a tight end in one of the first two rounds and add a second one later on a like athletic flyer. I see what you're saying, but I just think the NFL in general is bad at evaluating tight ends, so I'm yeah, not a that's fan why of you taking take early. Multiple, that's why you got to take multiple shots. That's why you don't take them early, though. You can take multiple late. I don't think you need to take any early. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see the need. depends on the, how the board falls. There are some potential free agent targets this year, like uh, Gasicki and Schultz and Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurts. I just don't know if they're going to be able to afford yeah any of those guys. um, Most of them are out of the price range. They're in like the ten or or eight to twelve million dollar range that they um, can't pay this year. Yeah, and I think like we've said for all of these skill player positions, as we kind of wrap it up here, they're going to need to address most of these in the draft still because while the wide receiver room has some good young talent. They're losing a lot of snaps there, and they're going to need to make an addition. And while the running back room has your numbers one and two guys, that number one guy might not even be here next year, and the number two guy disappointed this year. So there's room for improvement there. And then for the tight end room, it's looking pretty destitute. I'm not going to lie, especially if Mercedes isn't back. And so for all these position groups, I think it's also indicative of the fact that the offense wasn't very good this year (laughs) and that they need to make additions at all these spots. I would agree that tight end's probably their second biggest need outside of safety. And I would say, you know, wide receiver is kind of up there in that third to fourth range, probably behind edge safety and tight end in my book, but probably like the fourth position that they need. Um, unless, you think, unless you I think, think quarterback's fair. up there. Um, but we can talk about that at a later date. Anyway, thank you so much for coming and listening. We know this was a long one, probably our longest episode yet, breaking down these skill position groups. Um, we'll be doing an episode every single week, like I said earlier, over the off season. Next week, we'll talk about quarterback and O-line. Maybe we'll have some Rogers news to talk about. If you enjoy what you listen to, come give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We tweet when we have new episodes. We tweet Packers news, notes, uh, analysis, bits of uh, data we find interesting. Whenever we find new articles, we tweet those out. So come give us a follow. If you really like what you're listening to, come subscribe to us on YouTube because it would really help our numbers. We post all of our episodes there as well, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Thanks so much for listening again. Come check us out again. We hope to have you back. And until next time, Dad, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.